Are you a sports fan who didn't know the NFL draft was this week? Then boy, do I have the teaser trailer for you. I'm Danny Heifetz, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show every week with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. We're doing mock drafts before the draft. We're grading picks after the draft. Now, do we know which picks were good and who's going to go where? No, absolutely not. We can't predict the future. But people like hearing about it. Yeah, don't you? You sickos. So we talk about it anyway. So come listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show. And guess what? If you like the draft, but you don't like me, you can go listen to the Ringer NFL Show with Kevin Clark and Nora Princiati and our other NFL experts. Or you can go to nfldraft.theringer.com to check out our massive draft guide. So come listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show and the Ringer NFL Show on Spotify because they employ me. Or it's also available on all the other platforms that don't employ me. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type, Easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. For your king, never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Alrighty, let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a draft day edition. Hope New York, New York, with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski, right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And what a time to be a fan of the New York Jets and the New York Giants. You don't have anything to complain about for the most part on draft day. I'm not used to this. New York teams making moves that are getting unheralded praise throughout the NFL landscape. And I have to admit, and you will probably notice this in the conversation I had with Joe Beningo, which was taped right before the Jets traded back into the first round to go and get Jermaine Johnson. I was lukewarm on the Jets draft before they went and got Johnson because I wanted Kayvon Thibodeau. I preferred Kayvon Thibodeau over Sauce Gardner. But for the Jets to come away with one of the two top corners in the draft, with one of the three best pass rushers in the draft, and to go and get a wide receiver to help Zach Wilson, you have to feel really, really good about that. That is what you call putting your draft capital to use. Now, can you nitpick Garner over Thibodeau? 
I would have preferred Thibodeau. I think a major factor here is the desire and need for an elite-level cornerback in an AFC, and specifically an AFC East, where you're going to have to play Stephon Diggs two times a year, where you're going to have to match up with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell two times a year. I'm sure there are a lot of conversations in Jetland saying, hey, look, if we are going to contend and beat these sort of teams, we need somebody who's going to be able to lock down one side of the field. Sauce Gardner was able to do that at Cincinnati. Couldn't throw on a guy at Cincinnati. That is the hope for the Jets, that he can come in and have an immediate impact right out of the gate at the corner spot. That he is going to be, maybe not Darrell Revis, but much closer to Darrell Revis than Dean Milner. Let's put it that way. But all in all, look, I wanted Drake London for the Jets. I was dreaming about a potential A.J. Brown trade for the New York Jets. Got a ton of money. Ends up going to the Philadelphia Eagles. But it's going to be interesting to watch the comparisons of Alave and Williams because the two teams right after the Jets at 10, New Orleans and then Detroit, trade up to go and get receivers. Those guys will be forever compared. And Drake London for that matter. But the biggest goal for the Jets was to go and address those areas of need. Wide receiver was an area of need. Defensive line was a major area of need. Cornerback, major area of need. From that standpoint, I can nitpick, but that's mission accomplished for Joe Douglas and company. Job well done. I'm gushing over the Giants. And maybe I'm gushing because I just have a monster Man crush on Kayvon Thibodeau. So I'm driving around. I'm here, there, and everywhere Tuesday, Wednesday. I got to get tuxedo fitting. Uh, I'm trying to figure out my golf game. It's just a total shit show. But I listened to Kayvon Thibodeau with my man, Adam Shine. He was on Adam Shine's show. And I got in the car, and I'm flipping around, and I heard him. And he was asked specifically by Adam about New York. And the answer Kayvon Thibodeau gave was so beautiful. I said, one of these New York teams got to scoop this guy. New York's big stage, and I'm paraphrasing here. I want to perform on the big stage. And I know some people had questions about Kayvon Thibodeau's attitude and his bravado and whether that's going to be too much to handle. I see it the other way. I look at it as swagger and confidence and attitude that the New York Giants are desperately lacking. And when the Giants have been at their best, we talked about this on the Spotify Live, but when the Giants have been at their best, it has been about guys who get after the quarterback. The 80s, before my time, it was Lawrence Taylor. And in the last great era of Giant football, it was Strahan and Yuminura and Tuck and Pierre Paul. And Kiwanuka, there's always been the factor of the pass rush and the Giants being a franchise that has always been able to count on legitimate and bona fide star pass rushers. Kayvon Thibodeau profiles as that. This is a guy who, before January, was the number one and number two pick everywhere. You get him at five. And then. You go and get Evan Neal at seven. You don't have to trade up. You don't have to mess around. You go and get a premier defensive lineman 
and a plug-and-play right tackle, a guy who is embracing the idea of being a right tackle with Alabama pedigree to now bookend Andrew Thomas, hopefully, for the next five to six years. That's what I'm dreaming about if I'm a Giant fan. Hats off to Joe Shane and company. First draft, first first round, two first round picks. We'll see what happens. I give these picks major standing ovations. I'd whistle right now, but I don't want to whistle. I'm a little dehydrated. I haven't had enough water tonight. So if I try whistling, I'm going to be spitting all over the place. Nobody needs that. You're not going to enjoy it on the podcast. It won't sound good. It won't be enjoyable. I'm giddy if I'm a giant fan. Downright freaking giddy. Defensive lineman, stud. Offensive line, plug and play. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And you know what else is beautiful? The fact that the Giants did not pick up the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones, which, listen, if you have half a brain, you knew the Giants were not picking up the fifth-year option on DJ. Why would they? It's a free, prove-it year. Why would you want to give them additional money? If you're not good in 2022, you go and draft the quarterback next year. It's a no-brainer. You know, Simmons mentioned something to me earlier today. We did the uh, surprise gambling pod. And, you know, we're going through draft props. We're doing the NBA playoff games. Bloodbath, slaughter as far as that goes. Um, But he asked me about Baker to the Giants. And I've always been a sucker for Baker Mayfield. I still think Baker Mayfield can be a solid quarterback in the NFL, despite his atrocity of a season last year for the Browns. But he's just the wrong quarterback at the wrong time for this franchise. Like, that, that, that to me is not worth a discussion. It's just not. Because you might win an extra game or two. You might play yourself out of quarterbacks for next year. Uh, I do not subscribe to that. Let Baker Mayfield go to Carolina or Seattle. For the Giants, the only way a quarterback works themselves into the equation. Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback to go in the first round today. He ends up going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They end up having the, you know, the hometown deal. Even though Pickett's a Jersey guy, he played at Pitt. Pitt ends up with a Pitt guy. And I think a lot of people in Steel City are very happy about that. But if Malik Willis is there in the second round, and we'll have to see how the second round plays out. But if indeed he is there, is that a conversation that Brian Dable and Joe Shane are having? He's not ready yet. He needs time, but as far as the physical tools and the athleticism and the sort of upside that you're looking for at that position, I wouldn't hate it. I'd probably wait a year. But then again, you can go and take a quarterback in the second round and then double down and do it again next year. I've seen teams do that. I mean, after all, the Cardinals took Josh Rosen with a first-round pick a year later and said, eh, we got the first pick in the draft. We can't say no to Kyler Murray. We are taking Kyler Murray. So th- there is a precedent. We've seen a team do it. Don't roll it out. I'd still say unlikely. I'd still probably bet against it. But all I'm going to say is don't rule it out. All in all, though, for a draft that, was very meat and potatoes. 
Didn't have the quarterbacks at the top. Didn't have the consensus one, two, three, four, and five that you have in some years. This ended up being a really entertaining NFL draft. Now, we'll see if this draft is going to end up having the sort of feel that 2013 did. But remember, as bad as the top of that 2013 draft ended up being, some big players came out of that draft. DeAndre Hopkins came out of that draft. Darius Slay came out of that draft. Travis Kelsey came out of that draft. There will be a few star players. Fuck my words. And if I'm betting on one guy, one guy could buy stock in first round this draft, Kayvon Thibodeau. That's the guy I'm buying stock in. And that's why I think we will forever have the comparison in New York. Kayvon Thibodeau and Sauce Gordon. Now look, we had the comparison with Saquon Barkley and Sam Donald that we thought was going to be like this decade-long conversation. Did the Giants get it right? Did they get it wrong? They, of course, got it wrong, but so did the Jets. So there wasn't much of a conversation. It's like, yeah, both teams screwed it up. Because we did a revisionist draft on SOI like two weeks ago, and it was like, yeah, uh, if you're just going Jets, Giants, two and three, it's probably Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, or Quentin Nelson. That's probably the way it would have shook out. But I'm like living in a world where I'm just throwing bouquets the way the Jets and the Giants. It's weird. I'm not going to lie. It's super, super weird. Um, the other weird element is the wide receiver carousel continues. Man, that's been a theme of this offseason. A.J. Brown in Philadelphia. Would I have considered trading 10 for A.J. Brown? Yes. Would I have loved the idea of giving A.J. Brown a $100 million contract? The answer to that question is no. You got a lot more money than I thought he was going to get. Heck of a lot more money. That's a hell of a one-two punch, though, with Devontae Smith. I mean, you see Philadelphia and Miami. They are doing the same thing, basically. They, now, Miami's weapons are better. But they are basically saying, hey, we're going to do everything to surround you with talent. Young Jalen Hurts, young Tua, don't suck. Or you'll be out of a job next year. That's the way to do it with a young quarterback. Great draft. Great, great draft for the locals. And one quick note on the baseball. One quick note on the baseball as we are here. We give the Yankees a lot of crap when they go down to the Baltimore Orioles like they did a couple weeks ago. You got to beat the Orioles. You got to smoke the Orioles. You got to do what you need to do. Got to be a man of my word and got to be fair and give the Yankees credit for sweeping the Orioles and doing exactly what they are supposed to do. One note, a month into this year, the Yankee lineup looks drastically different than last year, and that's a good thing. And why is that? LeMayu and Rizzo. Rizzo's a stud. Rizzo is a flat-out winning player. Remember these idiot Yankee fans that wanted Luke Voigt as the first baseman? Oh, we don't need Rizzo. Oh, really? You don't need his glove? You don't need his two-strike approach? You don't need his lefty power? Take a freaking lap. Lemayu's back to being Lemayu. And if you look at the bottom of the order, you're getting production. There's more balance to this team. You even got a couple of Gallo homers on Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> don't get me started on Gallo, but hey. Give credit where credit is due. All in all, Yankees took a lot of heat first two weeks of the year. They are 13 and 6 to start off this year. Do not sleep on Kansas City over the weekend, but then after Kansas City, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, six big games with the Toronto Blue Jays. Why are they big games? The Yankees have already played the Blue Jays four times. That means there's not a lot of Blue Jay Yankee action after these six games. 
or five games because they have three, boom, in Toronto. Then they have two at Yankee Stadium, and we'll be there Tuesday night, a couple weeks from now. That's going to be the telltale test in the American League East. But all in all, a lot to like in Yankee land. And then, listen, the Mets, sooner or later, we're going to lash out at getting thrown out. That was inevitable. After Alonzo got punked the other day, and Arenado, I love him as a player. He can play for my team any day of the week. He's a hothead. Let's be real on Arenado. Arenado is a total, total hothead. I mean, that pitch was not that close. But you knew there were going to be some fireworks, and baseball's got a problem. The problem baseball has now, they took away the sticky stuff, and because of the fact that they took away the sticky stuff, these pitchers have no control at 97, 98 miles an hour. And that's scary. Because guys, listen, they're going to tell you, oh, there's not as many guys. There's not as many guys getting hit, but there are a lot more guys getting hit up and in. And when you're getting hit towards the temple and the head and that very, very dangerous area, hitters are going to be angry and pissed off, and they're going to fight back. That's a problem for baseball. Baseball does not want to have bench-clearing brawls left and right. Listen, they're fun for us. Like 98, Yankees, Orioles, Graham Lloyd, Jeff Nelson, and Dow Strawberry kicking the shit out of Armando Benitez was amazing. I know for Mets fans who grew up with, you know, the Mets going nuts and then Yankee Royal going nuts. Like, yeah, it's, it's part of yesteryear. Baseball does not want that to be their MO and their reputation. But for the Mets, you don't want that to be the storyline of the weekend. The Mets playing great. They're winning series left and right. Now the Phillies come to town. You already took, te- you already took care of the Phillies winning two out of three at Citizens Bank Park. Keep those winning vibes going. McGill has been great. He starts off the series on Friday. All night games. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And how about this for the Mets? Three with the Phillies. Four with the Braves. Four with the Phillies. It's a nice little test within the National League East. You want to win the division. These are the teams you got to beat. See? Loaded show. Got you covered every which way. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of euphoria for New York Jet and Giant fans over the next couple of days. We got you covered. Beningo. And we taped Beningo, mind you, before the Jets traded back into the first round. So just be aware of that. But Joe B, as big a Jeff fan as you're going to find, we have his take on the Jets, Giants, the great Danny Hypers, who was with me on the Spotify Live. We did that earlier today. The calls were outstanding. Um, we went like an hour and a half. It was one of the cooler experiences I've ever had in broadcasting. So Hypers was a trooper, and he came back and kind of tied a nice little bow on the draft. So. Those conversations, they're coming your way next. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So on draft day, of course, we need to get the thoughts from, for my money, the biggest Jeff fan in the tri-state area. He is my golf buddy. He is my good friend. He was the Zen master in picking football games this year. 
Joe Beningo, welcome yeah. back to New York, New York. How are you? Hey, I did pick I did pick the Masters winner. I did do that. And a Masters winner, yeah. which we got to compensate you for. We are two-thirds of the way through, uh, but we'll take care of that. that. that no, but I'll just, just point that out that I did pick the Masters winner. Uh, look, I wanted the uh, the tackle from North Carolina State, uh, Iquanu. I would rather have gotten him. But, I'm you know, I'm okay with Gardner. I told you off the air. I would rather have taken Gardner than Thibodeau, to be honest with you. I, I the, if this guy is that, I know Stingley went before him, which I thought was interesting. He went one pick before him. But um, look, I mean, this kid's supposed to be a lockdown corner. You know, who knows? Well, and you but have the, to wonder, Joe. He's got the Dion going. He's got the sauce, uh, whatever. Well, we like know. the swagger. Listen, the two got picks that. for the he's Jets and that. the Giants right. have swagger galore right. from right. sauce right. to Kayvon Thibodeau. Yep. But yep. I do have to wonder, Joe, with Tyreek Kill and Jalen Waddle in Miami, with Stephon Diggs in Buffalo, right. if that almost forced the hand of Joe Douglas saying, yep. hey, we yep. got to contend with these guys four yep. out of our 17 well, games, I got to have a top-notch premier corner. I wonder if that played a role. Well, you know what? I, if you notice, it, it was a um, – it took a long time for them to make that pick. I mean, it didn't, they, didn't, they didn't take it immediately. I'm sure Douglas and – and Salah were talking about, okay, well, what do, what do we do? I'm sure Douglas wanted Iquano and Rainer loved him. And that was probably the discussion. And, and and maybe that was the swaying discussion. Look, they once traded up to get Darrell Revis. If this guy is anywhere near Darrell Revis, then, it, then it's a hell of a pick. And they certainly, you know, you, made, you make a lot of good sense about the receivers in the division now. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm okay with it. Like, just, just, you know what, Jay? He better be the guy. He better be good. He better be good. I agree. He I better mean, have it. a career I mean, where he is a top-notch corner and he's locking down right. guys. Because here, I'm. I, you know what I'm that's worried it. about from your perspective? I know you did not want Kayvon Thibodeau. I think that guy has double-digit sack machine all right, written maybe. all over him. And maybe. if he ends up being a stud with the Giants, that could end up being one of those narratives that follows the two teams Right. Could have went Thibodeau, end up with Garner. Right. Hey, Garner better be good. But curiously, why weren't you high on Kayvon Thibodeau? Uh, you know, I, I just, I'd rather have the corner than the pass rusher. I, I got to tell you, I mean, they got this guy Lawson. We haven't seen him yet. You know, he's it's almost like a, you know, almost like a new draft pick with Carl Lawson. I mean, we'll see what he is. They paid him a lot of money. He better be good. You know, he, he better be pretty freaking good. So you already got, you know, you already got a pass rusher here. Uh, they need a corner. I mean, you know, Bryce Wall is okay. You know, he's okay maybe as your number two, but they need a lockdown guy. So I got, I rather would have had that. You know, when I look back at the defenses under Rex Ryan, when I look back at the defenses that went to the two AFC championship games, you know, that, that team probably had the best set of corners the Jets have ever had. Yeah, with Revis and Cromartie. Right. Absolutely. Right. Okay. They never had the great pass rusher there. And they still went the two AFC title games. Now, maybe they had the pass rush and they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. See, but that's I, why I'm surprised, though, with you not wanting the pass rusher. Because the Jets, you know this, Joe. You know the history of the franchise better than I anybody. Understand. They I have it. not had a legitimate pass rusher since but John freaking Abraham. If if Lawson was not coming back, I would have been I would have been more to agree with you on this. But they got nobody. The secondary is a disaster, bro. Look at this secondary level. Come on. I mean, Bryce Hall's a nice player outside of that. What, Eccles, whatever, you know, whatever these guys' names are. I don't, I don't even remember half of the guys in the secondary. No, I'm serious. You know? Let's get I'm, to the I'm, second. Let's get to the second first-round pick now. Okay. Well, the second first, second first-round pick, 
I was a little surprised to see Atlanta take London at eight. I thought London was going to be the pick for the Jets. I told you that on yeah, Tuesday I, night. I, I, I thought, thought you would take London. Right. I thought so. When they took them, you know, I'm like, okay, well, what are they going to do now? I, I, I was thinking three different ways. They, t- You know, when Atlanta takes London at eight, then I'm thinking, well, you know, that, that one other lineman from Mississippi State, maybe they would take him. Uh, I was I was thinking also that they might take this Johnson, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Going, and then you would get your possible. pass rusher. But then uh, you would have no help at Zach Wilson was, on the I offense. I say this. I was a little concerned they might take Kyle Hamilton. I was a little worried about oh, that. Oh, no. They, they couldn't have been that they, dumb. Well, couldn't have been could. that dumb. Well, you know, well, they, you know what? It is the Jets, Jay. Don't, they, they, they keep that in mind. So I was a little worried. I was very happy. No, I like Wilson. Look, I saw Wilson play a lot at Ohio State. Like I said, I told you up here, I watch a lot of Ohio State games. This kid is good. He's the real deal. You know, I thought, I, I, honestly, I thought he was the second best receiver to the kid that's still there with uh, with the three names. I forget how do you say his name at Ohio State now. I thought he was the best of the three guys with Olave and Wilson. But I like Wilson a lot. I mean, this, this kid's good. He's got, here's the bottom line. Gardner and Wilson, bro. Have to have to be starting and playing from the get go next year and being effective players for this team. That's well, let's be line. honest, their that's, wide that's receiver I mean, they, trio next there's year. There's no way around it. It, it should be, be Olave. Excuse me, not Olave. It should be Wilson. It should be Elijah Moore and Braxton Berrios and Corey Davis. And away right. you go. Those that's should it. be your receivers. That's it. And you hope that Moore and Wilson now is going to be your one-two yes. punch for the next five years. Yeah, absolutely right. Hundred percent. And then, and factor in that the two tight ends that they brought in in free agency. You got to factor, you know, Conklin and and uh, Uzama in there. You know, you got a lot of weapons now. I mean, you know, you got, uh, you know, you got Michael Carter. You got that they brought back Kevin Coleman, who they thought was a very good resigning to bring him back. Uh, they got weapons. I mean, they should have a real good offensive line, even without getting the other tackle. We'll see about Beckman. He's a big if. I mean, I'm. I, I'm I'm concerned. Well, and about let's Beckman. be fair now, Joe. By not I'm drafting concerned. an offensive lineman in the first round, they are putting a lot of faith and a lot of confidence that yeah, Mackay well, Becton is going to be a factor this year. I don't hear good things. I haven't heard good things, Jay. I'll tell you that. But you're right. They are. They're taking. I, I just hope this wasn't a case where Douglas said, "Well, I, I got to justify it." That you know, Becton because he was the first, you know, first pick I ever had. You know what I mean? I worry about stuff like that a little bit. But I want I want to throw this out there too, going back to the whole thing with Wilson and all that. Thank God they didn't trade for Debo Samuel, and, and so I am so happy. You know, I said this before, Debo Samuel. Why the hell would you want to leave? You know, one of the best organizations in the NFL. You got a top flight coach. You got a team that that just missed the Super Bowl by a game last year. You're always going to be right there. You know, why would you want to leave? And if it's only for the money, which is the reason it would be, I don't want this guy. You know. I, I don't well, want, the Niners, I'm very listen, happy they didn't do it. I'm very the Niners happy are calling the bluff. The Niners know point blank that they still have control. Right. That Debo Samuel, right. they're going to say, all right, Debo, you don't want to show up? You don't want to get paid? Then you don't get paid. And he would be my fear long-term with Debo despite his age. And he's very young. He is the sort of dude that took a freaking beating last year with the way the Niners used him at yeah. running back. Yes, at receiver. Joe, that is not sustainable over a long no, period of, course of time. Not. No of course shot. Not. No, I'm telling you, look, I want to see my team. I got, I got a young team. Okay. This is a young team. I got a second year quarterback. I got a lot of young players on this team. You know, this team needs to grow. You don't 
yeah, and I'll say this to all my Jet fan friends out there that maybe, you know, we're salivating. Oh, I want the Tyreek Hill. Oh, I want the Debo Samuel. You know what? It seems like the Jets, we're, we're at the ground floor here trying to build our way up. You don't do it by bringing in these veteran, you know, prima donna. You know, to, to me, the most, the biggest prima donna position there is in sports is the wide receiver. You talk about divas. The divas are everywhere. That's what they, they, they wide receiver and diva. They might as well, that might be the new name of the position. So, you know, you know how that is in the NFL, but they're a young team going up. Hopefully you got to do it through the draft. The great championship teams over the years have built their teams through the draft. And then you bring in the, you know, you bring in the free agent or you trade for a, a guy like that when you're close, when you're almost there, when you're one guy away, maybe something like that. So let's hope, like you said, got a young team, you got more on one side, you got Wilson on the other side. Uh, you know, you got, you're going to have Barrios playing a lot in the slot this year. You got Corey Davis still there. And, you know, he's still, when he's healthy, he's, you know, he's still a decent receiver. You got the two tight ends. You got a pretty good offensive line. We'll see what the quarterback is. You know, well, And now he's got to we'll make a major step is. forward. Listen, you don't have as much time as you once did as a quarterback. No, you this used is to not, get and, four to five years. And, now you don't get that anymore, Joe. You got to make a big jump look, year one or year two. Look, I, I told you this. I, you've heard me say this, and, and every Jet fan's got six and 11. I mean, six and 11 this year is, is not cutting it, bro. Seven and 10 is not cutting it this year. I don't want to hear that. And then you're going to tell me we made progress. That's nonsense. This team has to be, they have to be in the hunt this year for a playoff spot. I'm sorry. They could be in the hunt, though. Let's be fair, though. They could be in the hunt and and tank and lose their last three games. Well, then it's not good. That could happen. That's not good. No, no, no. So what is, all right, so what is the barometer for success? I want to win season, Jay. I want to see nine and eight. That is, that's going to be asking a lot in that division in this conference. But is it? asking a lot. Look. If the quarterbacks is for real, okay, they like I said, they got a lot of offensive firepower. I'm very concerned about the head coach. You know how I feel about the coach. I'm concerned about Salah. You know, I want to see it. I was concerned about the comments he made at the senior ball when he basically tried to, you know, set us all up. Well, we're not going to have a, uh, you know, it took the Niners three years to, you know, to become a, you know, under Shanahan to get to a Super Bowl. It took the, the Bengals three years on the, under uh, Zach Taylor to get to the Super Bowl, you know they finally got Burrow. I don't, I don't want to hear that stuff. You don't want to hear it. I want, I want a team that's that's going to win me games next year. I can't take it anymore. You know they were, they won two games two years ago. They won four games last year. They haven't had a winning season, you know, since uh, since 2015. Uh, it's 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 ridiculous. The time is now. They haven't made the playoffs since 2010. The 2010 season, uh, it's disgraceful. And uh, so I, I, I want to see something this year. I can't don't and his and we can't get off to an zero and four start. Well, that's the other this, thing. You cannot bury no, yourself by no, middle October no, where you're one and six and, and you're dead. You, right, right. The season can't be over before Halloween. You know, you got to be at least you, you got to get out of the gate at least five hundred. Two and two, three and three. You know, but it allows you to has, breathe a little bit. It allows the, series, the season there. I say to marinate, and in way too many of these years, the Jets have not had that opportunity. Right. They've been yeah. absolutely cooked. Uh, I know you love the Giant draft. You were thrilled with the Giant draft. Yeah, I, one, one I think thing. they I'll knocked get, it out of the park. Let me get, I'll, get to the, I'll get to the Giants in a second. One more thing. They better hit it. They got these two high picks now tomorrow in the second round. Do you have a preference? I, Do you have a preference well, well, tomorrow? I wouldn't be upset. Now, I, nothing's happened here. I mean, maybe it's still we're, we're still in the first round. 
I would be, I'd love to, I would be all over them trading the two number ones, to, uh, two number twos to get back in the first round and take the center from Iowa. Leader you Bond. love that center from Iowa. You well, love him, me, dude. That's you solidity. love him. That makes up for the, that would make up to me for the tackle we didn't take. You know what I mean? That would, that would really help solidify you. The Jets have always had really good centers. Okay. Uh, seriously. And, you know, Nagel, Mawai, for starters, two guys who are absolutely Just sensational. Look at those two guys. You know, and both, and, and when, when we've had a quality center, we've generally been a, a good winning team, a playoff team. So I, I wouldn't mind that. If they don't do that, then you, then you got to hit it with whoever they, these two picks are, uh, you know, early in the second round. Uh, what do they go? Defense with one off, whatever they do, they better hit on these guys. And they all better be playing. Just like Wilson. And Gardner better be, you know, our pets to me better be playing from day one, starting and ready to go and stay healthy. That's, it, of course, another thing. So should these guys in the second round. All, all four of them got to be playing next year and be effective players for this team. Beningo, please, so far with his Jets and the picks that were made. Not ideal, but please, you don't right. seem to be in right. a rotten, vile no. mood. No. Dude, oh, no if no, I were no, a Jets. Jay, just let me say one more thing again. Nobody knows. Who knows? Nobody knows. Hey, bro, listen. Right. I Nobody wanted no part. All you need to know is that I wanted no part of Justin Herbert a couple of years ago. I wanted right. no part of okay, him. Well, and listen, I'm taking the L on that because he's been a lot better than Tua. Giants right. knocked it out of the park, dude. Knocked to get Thibodeau and to get the Alabama tackle, Tremendous. Giants drew it up perfectly you're, as far as you're I'm a giant concerned. fan. You're a giant fan tonight. You got to be dancing. I mean, I, and, and they played it. Look, it, it, it broke nicely for them because, you know, the two, nobody took the tackles. Through the uh, you know through the first uh, four picks in the draft, so that set it up for the Giants that they could take Thibodeau, who was still sitting there, knowing that at seven they were getting either Riquanu or Neal. They knew it, and 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 that really set them up. Once once one of those tackles, once Riquanu didn't go in the top four, that set it up perfectly for the Giants, and I think they totally hit it out of the park. Uh, I don't know what Thibodeau is going to be. I'm not saying I don't like Thibodeau. Uh, he certainly brings a lot of swagger to the table. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, and as far as Neil's concerned, I, I, I like Neil a lot. I mean, the guy's 337 pounds, 337 pounds. Uh, you know, he, he, he's like, yeah, I'm looking at Neil and I'm looking at Iquano and Neil's got like 25 pounds on Iquano. I mean, it's unbelievable. So I think the Giants really, really, uh, like you said, hit it out of the park here. No question. No question, Jay. Before we say goodbye. Yep. New York's got to know, how giddy is Joe Beningo about his first place New York Mets? Oh, my God. I wish Buck Showalter could coach the Jets. I could tell you that. I, w I wish you listen. I'm not bitching about my Yankees who are playing very well. I wish oh, you managed my on, team, bro. too. Joey Gallo's hit home runs a couple days oh, ago. I know you were waiting for that. Hold on. It would be nice. I will say this. I will say this. It would be nice if your manager would actually let your starting pitchers pitch do you have to take Jordan Montgomery after 71 pitches the other day against the Orioles? Can a guy pitch? And that's one of the things that I love about my guy. He lets He's my letting your starters go deep. Now, listen, Buck does not have the bullpen that Aaron Boone has. The well, difference is that bullpen will be shot you know by July if that's how you're going to continue to manage. Well, one of the big problems the Yankees have, I think this is a, 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 a huge issue with the Yankees, and now that the Mets have Buck, he's alleviated it to where it's at least maybe 50-50 now. The Yankees are much too married to the analytics. And that's something that has hurt them, in my mind, 
over the last couple of years. They are two, two, two with the analytical nonsense. Well, and your team, you have an analytical guy, but he has a feel for the game. No, but that's the thing you notice with Showalter because he's an old school. Because Buck's an old school guy. Comes so from Buck's, the Billy Martin school. He gets right, it. He gets right. it. He's bringing the seat of the pants managing along with you know, and 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 sprinkling in the analytical stuff. So I, I that's the difference. I think the Yankees are much too with the with that crap. I, I really, I think they're too married to it, and I think it's a big problem with them. And I think it's going to stop them from going as far as you want them to go. Joe Beningo, he is a legend. He is our guy. Now, you know, oh. now your team, has, now, hold on a minute. Now, your, your Dolphins have no pick tonight, right? No, it's the weirdest. I, I, I got to say, it is the weirdest draft I can ever remember from a Dolphin perspective because I have no skin in the game and I have no skin in the game in the second round. Got Tyreek, listen, bro. hey, you tell me, 29th pick in this draft or Tyreek freaking hell, I'm A-OK with Tyreek freaking hell. Well, Thank, I you. Hope, I, bro, Thank you. Thank you. For your, look, I hope he's a complete bust in Miami for my oh, of own. Course uh, being of course a you know. Of course you know. A little but, bitterness. But, but take that take that out for a second, okay? I wor- I told you, just like I worry about guys like Tyreek Hill, okay? They're out for the money. You're, you're in a perfect situation in Kansas City, right? I mean, this, this stuff bothers The Chiefs didn't want to get rid of this guy, right? Yeah, you got a great quarterback. You got a Hall of Fame head coach. You got a Hall of Fame tight end. You know, you got this team that wins every year. You're in the AFC title game every year. Been in the Super Bowl a couple times, and you want out of there. That stuff worries me, bro. I hope it works out for you, but it concerns me, and I, I'm a little leery about Tyreek. Well, he leaves a perfect situation, but again, right. he saw what Devontae Adams got paid, and he said, "Hold on a no, second. No, I think I'm cool, better bro. than Devontae Adams." Wait. He was talking contract. Chiefs weren't willing to go that far. And the Chiefs said, hey, we can replace you. We'll see if they're right about that. But from my team's standpoint, hey, he transforms right. the look and feel of their offense. No, he does. But I'm just looking up because the commanders are picking now. Oh, I, is I that commanders. So? You know that team? That was, I, I can't. We can't say the name, right? Well, they would have been better what, off sticking with the football team than the commanders. The what was the name? The Guardians? Was that, oh, that's, no, the that's the baseball team. team. The that's Guardians. The, baseball team. the commanders. <laughs> What world do we live in, Jay? Anyway, uh, the world of pain. That is yeah, the there's world. There's a lot of pain. Yeah, yes. There's a lot. By the way, thanks again for the comedy the other night. Yes, we and, had a uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time. We did. Uh, we rocked out the Side house at Sidebar. Sidebar and Happy You got Track. an event coming up next Friday? May 13th. May 13th is our next uh, live podcast at, at the Hackensack Brewing Company. So and I will try to stop we'll by. I have to do television, but I might of be course. able to stop by. You, you know are that. you are a TV star now. You you are like a freaking legend now on TV, bro. Yeah, like I, like like you like you are becoming the face of SNY. Well, you know I, I, I think so. I think Gary, <laughs> I think Gary Rod and Keith might have something to say about that. But if you can allow me to have my fair say on um, Geico and Baseball Night in New York, and uh, the units keep coming in, no complaints by me. No, no question. No question about it. Joe, All right, bro. Look, I love Don, you. Let, Thanks for doing this. Enjoy yeah, your night. I got to watch, gl- watch the rest of the draft. I'm glad now. that you're not in rotten spirits let, either. That's a good thing. Let's hope, let's hope that about three years from now, I am buying both the Source Gardner and the Garrett Wilson jersey. We can only hope that that's the case. But I'm, you know, I got a long way before that will happen. But let's hope maybe three years down the road, I'm actually doing that. That would be nice. That would be. Joe, all of the love, my friend. All all the love, bro. God bless. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
when you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So I was very lucky because this is the first year I've ever got to do like a live reaction to what you're seeing on draft day. Danny Heifetz joined me. Bro, the only thing that was missing was some like beverages. That's the, that's the only thing. And maybe some buffalo wings that I would have slobbered all over my face. Aside from that, dude, that was a shit ton of fun. This is an incredible draft. I think this was an incredible day. I'm a little biased. I'm a Giants guy. I think this was an A-plus of a freaking day. Maybe an A, because I guess A-plus is getting a quarterback and only getting a quarterback. Outside of getting a franchise quarterback, I think this is the best possible day for the Giants. I think the Jets did really well. I think the fan reaction will be mixed. But, like, this was a fun draft. We heard for months this was a bad draft class. This was one of the most fun times I've had watching the draft in a really long time. Like, it turns out suspense is good. Well, and the best thing we did is we stayed off of Twitter. So we let the television dictate the terms of our excitement. But, yeah, you nailed it. There was a lot of uncertainty that we had at one, at two, the Texans at three, what happened for the Jets at four and how that was going to swing things for the Giants. But listen, dude, for your team that has been in the abyss for really the last eight to nine years to end up with a premier pass rusher and an offensive lineman that fits perfectly into what they want to do and to get both of those guys, bro, You couldn't have drew it up any better. This is a banner day for the New York football Giants. This is a team that's had 100 losses in the last 10 years. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that it is the last few years have been among the absolute darkest two or three or four or five-year stretches in the history of this franchise that's like 100 years old. This is as bad as it's ever been. There's certainly no time that's been demonstrably worse. And in December, this this team, they were kneeling at like the two or three-yard line because they were so afraid of taking a, a sack on third down. They were kneeling on third down. They were not a competitive team. And in four months, they've flushed the old regime. They've gotten rid of Gettleman. They have a new regime. The ownership has stepped back. And look, every single mock draft you want to pull up from January, Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama, and Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher out of Oregon, are the top two players in every mock draft you want to pull up from January. And the Giants just got both of them. How many teams? ever get that in any draft how often does that happen the Giants get both this is incredible I understand why you're fired up and Thibodeau is the guy I've targeted for both of these teams in fact I think the Jets may look back five years from now or seven years from now and wonder should we have taken Kayvon Thibodeau I think he has star written all over him I never had the concerns high fits about character and attitude. I look at it as swagger. There's a confidence about him. I heard him do an interview yesterday with Adam Shine when I was driving around. He was on fire. He embraced. He goes, New York's the big stage. Like when I hear that, this guy gets it. This guy understands, hey, I bring it on the field, but I also kind of bring a little flair off the field where he can go and be a star. Do you have any reservations and concerns about the stuff that has been said about Kayvon Thibodeau? No, 
I really don't. I mean, look, I guess you could say a little bit, but the reality is that him and, and Aiden Hutchinson have been side by side in this process. They're completely different players. They have like nothing in common. A- Aiden Hutchinson, you do a lot of baseball, JJ. Aiden Hutchinson's like a, like a rope up the gap. In he's a double. You know you're getting on base. It's an easy double. It's not a triple. You're not scoring. Like in that, he's safe pick. Kayvon Thibodeau is a shot that the batter just kind of watches right from. Maybe the wind catches it. And it's a warning track. It's an out. That shit is probably gone. And that's what Kayvon Thibodeau is. He's so much more athletic than Hutchinson. He's so much faster. His speed rush is incredible. The only reason his sack production wasn't higher was probably because he was trying to do too much technical stuff. The reality is this is the number one prospect in America when he was a high school recruit. And he was the number one prospect in college until like February. The only reason, and I mean this, the only reason that Kayvon Thibodeau fell as the consensus number one player from any position in this draft is people don't like his personality. But some people he rubs the wrong way in that, again, what you say swagger, the worst thing you could criticize him is like there's a feeling among some, I would say, old crotchety scouts that he's a quote unquote independent contractor. I would argue it's a mix of him being very willing to say whatever's on his mind. Not unlike Jamal Adams, who I think, you know, he was tweeting 100 times a day and was very opinionated. And I think it's like, you know what? When he's playing well, no one cared. Jets fans love Jamal Adams until he kind of made up his mind otherwise and just kind of wanted to be somewhere else. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is this guy that the Giants have always had a great pass rush when they were good. And this is a return to that. Giants have no building blocks on the the line except Andrew Thomas and then like maybe Ajilari becomes something. Now they've got Evan Neal at right tackle. They've got Thibodeau on the edge. This is is so amazing to grab a guy with this much potential at five. These guys are not usually available at this spot. And when the Giants have been at their best as a franchise, it's oh. been about getting after the quarterback and having high-quality offensive line play. Heifetz, I can't think of the last top-flight defensive lineman they've had. I mean, you think about no. some guys like uh, that have kind of bounced around, you know, Olivier Vernon, somebody they brought in, he didn't give them the answer. Is the last legitimate pass rusher the Giants have had Jason Pierre-Paul? I want to yes. say yes. 100% it's Jason Pierre-Paul, 100%. And obviously that ended in a really, really difficult circumstance. But like, yeah, that and that was what that was like 2011. I think he was a rookie. I forget. Like, I mean, that was a long time ago. And so that's the last time. But that's what Thibodeau brings the speed. Remember, JPP, he had juiced when JPP came into the league. That's what Thibodeau has. And so it, probably not quite the crazy athlete JPP was. JPP is like a one of one. But Kevin Thibodeau. He's gonna, I think he's going to be really good. I think that New York's certainly not going to be too big for him. If anything, he's going to really, I think, enjoy the limelight. But, like, he works hard. He loves football. There's this crazy narrative that Aiden Hutchinson loves football and Thibodeau doesn't. Thibodeau loves football. This is going to be great. From an offensive line perspective, Neil, we talked about this on the live. You like him because he wants to play right tackle. He has the pedigree of being at a big program like Alabama. I know a lot of people looked at Ike Aquano as the best tackle in this draft, but for you, Danny Heifetz, you saw Evan Neal as the ideal pick for the Giants on the offensive line. Is that fair to say? Yes, uh, 100%. So I love this because, at first, Evan Neal is huge. I want to get that out of the way. Evan Neal is a massive person. He's six foot seven. He's like 360 pounds. He's huge. The other reason that I love Evan Neal, I think that, you know, Charles Cross, Evan Neal, Ike Aquano, it's kind of like a, like a personal preference thing. I think Ike Kwanu is like a much better run defender, questions about pass protection. And then you got Charles Cross, much better pass protector. And then you got real big questions about Charles Cross as a run as a run blocker. So I kept saying defender, I meant blocker. But like, 
Charles Cross can do pass, not run. Icky Quanah can definitely do run, maybe not pass. Evan Neal's Goldilocks. He's right in the middle. He can do everything well. And he can play everywhere. He, I mean, he's played, I think he played right tackle. He's played left tackle. He played guard. He was a starting guard when Alabama won a national championship. And guess what? He, you know, some guys, they only want to play left tackle. You saw the, the Ravens had to trade Orlando Brown to the Chiefs because he demanded to play left tackle. Evan Neal is out here in this draft process saying, I'll play wherever you want. He's like, I can't play center. You want to put me left to right tackle? You put me left to right guard? I don't care. I want to win. I want to do whatever helps the team win. That's an amazing attitude when you've got this weird situation where, well, Andrew Thomas was drafted to play left tackle. It's going to feel weird. You can make that awkward. It's not as weird as a quarterback battle, but hey, guys, money, ego gets involved. Might want to both move left. Getting Evan Neal, who's great, and you can slide him in at right tackle. This is a dream scenario. I can't say it enough. This team was, you could argue, rock bottom in the last 50, maybe longer years of this franchise in December. And everything feels like it's changed today. Okay, Hypitz, let's get to the Jets. You know my feelings. I wanted Thibodeau over Gardner. I would have preferred Jamison Williams or Drake London over Wilson. But I have to acknowledge now, my feelings towards the Jets in this draft shifted dramatically when they trade up and get a guy that people were linking to the top 10 as far as a pass rusher in Jermaine Johnson to get him now at 26, 26 and 101 for 35, 69 and 163. Dude, it changes to me the feel of this jet draft. I think from now looking at it as an overall, you know, picture as you will, DN corner wide receiver, just a whole lot of needs, dude. I think this is an unbelievable draft draft for the Jets. I think it's an amazing draft for New York, like the specific players themselves. The reality is when you're talking about like you're between a couple offensive linemen or a couple cornerbacks, like you're going to figure out later who's the right picks. But there's no doubt that the Jets got the positions that they needed. I mean, they got a receiver. They got a cornerback. They got a defensive end. This is what they wanted. The only question is whether they needed to tackle and whatever. We'll see what happens with Mekhi Becton. If Mekhi Becton's all good and shows up to camp, Joe Douglas, the GM, did his job. He filled these holes. We will see if the players can play. But, like, there was talk of Jermaine Johnson going 10. There was talk that Jermaine Johnson would go to the Jets at four. They're coming up. They're getting him in the, in the 20s. Like, I, I, it's hard for me to say anything other than, like, for what we know right now, this is unequivocally a fantastic job of, like, they went and got the guys they wanted. I think, they, I think this is a really, really great night for the Jets. Isn't it wild that we are talking about two dysfunctional New York franchises having unbelievable banner nights. Like, dude, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm at a loss. I'm at an absolute well, loss. Well, the bar was low. I mean, it's, I mean it they, was. Have the worst, they have the worst record. They're tied for the worst record in the NFL the last five years. The Giants have 100 losses in the last 10 years, and somehow the Jets might have been even more embarrassing in that stretch. I mean, like, think about how bad these teams are. It really speaks more about, about how decrepit and rotten these two franchises have gotten that just having good picks is in and of itself the best thing that's happened to either of these teams in years. At least that's how it feels for the Giants. I think the question is really, I think, the one that might be nitpicked is Garrett Wilson at 10 when other receivers were on the board, right? Well, especially when you see Olave and Williams go 11 and 12, and you have two teams, New Orleans and Detroit, both trading up to go and get that individual. That may be would scare me, if anything. I I just thought Williams was the more electric player. I thought London fit them perfectly, 
And I thought out of those three specifically, I, for one, would have waited on Jamison Williams. That's just me. Yeah. I, I also would. I think the argument, well, first of all, it's really funny that all these guys were at Ohio State together, right? And then James Williams transferred from Ohio wild, State to Bama. That it's is wild, man. That is wild. Yeah. James Williams couldn't play at Ohio State, goes to Bama. Really, Bama would have won the national championship against Georgia. He had 180 yards and tore his ACL in the game. But now, those three guys going back to back to back is crazy. But I also think what's crazy is I actually would have had it the other way around. I would have had James Williams, then Olave, and then I would have Garrett Wilson. Now, I think Garrett Wilson... He's probably the most divisive of the top four receivers you might have. I think some people, you know, my uh, my coworker, uh, DK, who I host the Rear NFL Draft Show with, DK loves Garrett Wilson. I also have that podcast with Solak. Ben Solak doesn't have Garrett Wilson on, inside his top five receivers. Garrett Wilson is a very divisive receiver. I think the positive I would say about him is he's like a rubber band. He's got snap. can stretch the field but also like he's got that short area quickness. That sounds like James Williams. I would say Williams is faster, but Garrett Wilson's pretty fast. I think Jets fans are going to like this really quick. I think that it's a little weird because he's a different kind of player. Jets fans fell in love with Drake London, right? He's big. He's like Mike Evans, power forward. DK compared Drake London to Dennis Rodman. That's kind of what Jets fans thought they were going to get. Had this vision of building a little basketball team with him and Elijah Moore. I think Garrett Wilson doesn't fit into that vision. The reality is that Jets fans, I think, are going to spend three days watching Garrett Wilson highlights. And by Monday morning, all the Jets fans are going to love this pick because he's fast. Zach Wilson's going to find him. And we'll see. Look, obviously, teams that pass on receivers, it always ends up haunting. Like when DK Metcalf goes and the Eagles took freaking J.J. Arcega Whiteside before A.J. Brown and DK Metcalf to the point where the Eagles end up trading for AJ Brown because it owns them so much. Obviously the Garrett Wilson pick is going to be connected to Olave. It's going to be connected to James Williams. I don't think it's worth like being upset about right now. I think the reality is he's a good player. Okay. AJ Brown gets traded. The Jets have been linked to a lot of these veteran wide receivers. They wanted Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill wanted Miami. Um, they called about AJ Brown. They called about DK Metcalf. They've inquired about Debo Samuel. Would they have been better suited, in your opinion, Heifetz, taking the 10th pick, trading it to the Tennessee Titans for A.J. Brown, or do you think they put it right by taking Garrett Wilson? I think they played it right. It's about money. and Because of the really- idea that you would have had to hand out A.J. Brown in a $100 million contract. Yeah, and I hate to say this to Jets fans, but this is kind of like a one-on-one, what would the Patriots do? Like, you know, back in, before Bill Belichick was maybe a little too old. But basically, it's like the Titans just got A.J. Brown in the second round. The Niners just got Debo Samuel in the second round. Now, now those guys want five, six times the money. Sometimes I would argue what bad teams do is the lesson they learn is, oh, I got to go get A.J. Brown, even if he costs $27 million a year. I think the real lesson is you can get receivers in the draft. That, to me, is the answer. There are It is easier to find receivers than it has ever been in the history of the NFL, there are, for, we could go into the reasons, but basically the pipeline, there are more receivers coming up who've repped. They're just better at preparing. It's like the NBA. There's a reason there's more good athletes. They've learned from previous generations. Preparation training's better. And also the league is geared toward passing. You can find these guys. It's easier than ever to transition from the college to the pros for a thousand reasons we don't have to go into. So if you want a top-end receiver, if you want a Devontae Adams, you want a Tyreek Hill, a truly special player, you want to pay them premium money, I get it. But I think that this is the right move is you throw the dice roll and you have good odds of getting a good receiver in Garrett Wilson. We'll see. Maybe we'll see if the pick works out, but 
I don't think the lesson was pay AJ Brown. The other key reason that's money, it's economics, a little boring. The other real poli- like if you want to talk real politics, AJ Brown's missed a lot of time. Or rather, I think he's kind of the Julio Jones that kind of plays through injuries. Like AJ Brown's playing a lot, he's, but he's, he never seems to be 100%. Like, you know, 2020 played very well. He played 15 games. He, he was supposed to be after the season in week two, he played through it. You know, and then Debo Samuel. Last year was, I love Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel was fun. Last year was like the one of like two seasons Debo's had in the last like six. Well, and let's be real about Debo, Heifetz. His game, and I love him. I love him as a player. It is not sustainable to think you can play the way he did last year for the Niners and think you're doing that for the duration of your NFL career. Last year was great. You got no chance. He broke his foot the year before. His junior college, he played like a handful of games. I think the reality is, I don't think... Like if you, I hate to oversimplify it like this, but the question is, do you want to pay $25 million a year, or really strictly it would be $20 million a year, to a guy who's the, half the reason he's really cool is he plays the most you know, injury-prone position in football, which is the cheapest, but also he's already really only been healthy two of the last six years he's played football. Sometimes it's complicated. It's not that complicated. It's, it's kind of a scary person to trade picks and money when you can just use those picks in someone that doesn't cost any money. It costs like, you know, I'm not exaggerating like, 15% of the money they'd have to pay Debo. Day two, your team, still a ton of needs. What are you crossing off the list? Forget about players because we get, we don't know who's going to be there yet. But, like, what does Danny Heifetz want to see in the second round from a Giants perspective? So I think for the Giants, you know, obviously they went, to, they went past rusher and they went offensive tackle. I think at this point, the reality is the Giants need good football players. It's a really cliche answer. I think that what I would like, they, they probably need a cornerback because they are going to trade James Bradbury. I don't know what they'll get for him. If they don't get anything, they'll have to cut him. But I think even if it's a sixth-round pick, they're going to trade James Bradbury, and I would like a cornerback. I don't know who's exactly going to fall, but I would love the Giants to get one of those cornerbacks that some you know some people pegged as a potential first-rounder if they fall. Danny Heifetz, our giant extraordinaire. Uh, fantasy show. What other shows am I plugging? So Ringer NFL? Check out, the, check out the Ringer NFL draft show, which, depending on when you listen to this, we will be shortly rebranding back to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. So type in either one ah, of those. So you guys are rebranding, so you just well, trying to we we changed me. the name for draft season. So we're the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. We're also the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Hopefully, if you search both one or the other, it'll come up. But we have a whole draft recap. We're going to be recapping the first round, day two, day three, the whole thing, and then a big wrap up at the end of next week. And then we're also going to give you fantasy top two hundred next week. We can go through Dynasty, all those rankings, whatever you want. And then shameless plugs. Follow me on Twitter, Danny underscore Heifetz. Talk a lot about the Giants, a little about the Yankees. I was going to say, when when is our first Yankee game? When are you in town? So I'm my brother's wedding next week. I don't know how much free time, but maybe. Well, you got a wedding weekend. That's a tough spot. No, then. it's too tough. That's a tough spot. Maybe we'll do June. June is the way to go. The weather in New York is fabulous. Yes. The Astros are in town. A little food for oh, thought. Oh, I would. Yeah, book. I would love to come. I, I almost, believe yeah. I can tell you when that weekend is right now because I, I will perfect. be in. I will be in the building Friday night. But for you, I will work. When Danny Heifetz is in town, I went to like three Yankee games in a row, and I was I, I was like Yankeed out. But Heifetz was in town. I was like, I got to take the kid to the game. So we went Thursday against the Twins. We had great seats. They won. We had a wonderful time. Heifetz, the weekend of June 23rd, 24th, 25th. I think Astros. I got to do it. That's incredible. That's and Friday week, night. Yeah. That's, Circle it on I, your calendar. What I we should do, Yankees Friday night, golf. Saturday morning or afternoon. It's perfection. 
Clear we'll put that down. We'll put that like down it. on the old calendar. Wow. Like uh, JJ, it. thank you so much for having me, man. I no, appreciate listen, it. thank you. You joined the live. You killed it. You come on the pot afterwards. I'm making you work extra. And the only thing I can give you is Yankee tickets, which is a little nah, yeah, that's, that's fine. We'll work for Yankees tickets. Look, I, honestly, I would do this. I would do this for free. I'll tell you again, just to reiterate. The Giants just went from rock bottom to just every fan's happy in four months. It's incredible what hope can do. It's a hell of a drug. And you didn't pick up the Daniel Jones option either. And we didn't pick up the Daniel Jones option, baby! He's gone! Everything coming up, Giants. Hi, Fitz. Good stuff, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thank you, JJ. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was... A kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So, uh, guys, we're ready to go. And again, I want to thank everybody who is involved with the Spotify Live. We will tie a nice bow on the draft with Mr. T. Mike Tannenbaum is going to join us on Sunday. We'll get his sense for the Jets and the Giants. We will also have the warrior, Paul O'Neill. We had a great conversation. His new book, Glory Days of My Childhood and My Youth. And we'll talk about these 2022 New York Yankees with the Warrior. He's going to join us as well. So loaded Sunday show and voicemails galore. We did all the calls during the live. We'll get your voicemails. We'll be rocking and rolling Sunday. So draft reaction, you know the number. Get them my way. Uh, before we say goodbye, Jeff Money. Rough Thursday, bud. Very rough Thursday. I need good vibes for the weekend. Let's hear it. What's up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper fix. This is going to be for tomorrow, Friday the 29th, and for Sunday the 1st, two NBA games. Game number one on Friday the 29th, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Timberwolves plus the one over the Memphis Grizzlies. And on Sunday the 1st, I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics in game number one, minus the four and a half over the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, Friday, I'm going to take the Minnesota Timberwolves plus the one, and on Sunday, I'm going to take the Celtics. Minus the four and a half. And everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. Look, it's no secret. I need Minnesota. I need Minnesota because I have them plus one and a half games. This has been a very topsy-turvy, zig and zag type of series. Let's go, T-Wolves. Uh, as far as Celtics and Bucks, very, very tough game to handicap. My lean on game one, Milwaukee's going to hit him in the mouth. I think that has seven-game series written all over it. I will unveil my pick on Ringer Gambling tomorrow. And you guys know I was in bed with the Celtics in their series against the Nets. Game one, though, I will be on the Milwaukee Bucks. Bing, bang, boom. Stellar show. Stellar show across the board. Thanks to Joe B. Thanks to High Fitz. Ton of fun on Spotify Live. Stefan rolling with the punches all night. Fabulous, fabulous work across the board. Sunday night, Coles, Mr. T, Paul O'Neill. That's a show, to quote our buddy Adam Schaaf. Who, by the way, told me a great story. I should have mentioned this to Hyphus. I did, actually. I texted him. 
pipe that's accidentally blocked. My guy. My guy, Adam Shine. Shine is bothered. I don't blame him. Pipe-its, this great ring of personality. How do you block Adam Shine? He did it by me. Sloppy. Very, very sloppy. On that note, we're not sloppy here. Stay, stay out. Enjoy your weekend. Be good, everybody. 